Hey everyone, assalamualaikum and welcome to the fifth episode of Courtship Code brought to you by Black Muslim Single Society and hosted by me, Zara J. I hope you are having a wonderful day today in whatever part of the world you are. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. So this week we are going to be talking about how to create your courtship code, what uh, cycles of the relationship phases to take into consideration, um, things that you need to do in order to move forward. So if you are checking out this podcast, whether you're at your desk or if you're chilling in the car or even at home right now, you know, just listening to the podcast, make sure that you have a pen and paper or a journal notebook, or even if you just like to take notes in your phone, whatever it is. Make sure that you actually write down the information so that you can take these steps, you can do the exercises, and that you can actually commit to making some changes. This is an actionable podcast, this episode. So um, I'm going to give you some actual things to take into consideration, some actual things that you can do that's going to open up your mind and your heart, that's going to be able to create a mindset shift. And inshallah, those mindset shifts will lead to action shifts. So um, we're going to get into that in a second. Just wanted to make sure that I throw in there. Our DMV event will be next month, inshallah, in October. So make sure that you go to blackmuslimsinglesociety.com or blackmuslimsinglesociety on Instagram. Follow us. uh, Go to the link on the page or to the website and go ahead and purchase your tickets for that. If you have a friend that's going to go, make sure that they have their tickets as well. We also have the DMV Houston event, which will be taking place uh, December 15th. Sorry, it kind of slipped my mind for a second. But that'll be taking place December 15th in Houston, Texas. Now, any of these events, you do not have to live locally. Feel free to travel to the events, make it a road trip, make it a weekend excursion um, to get have a little vacation. So <laughs> have, have fun with it. Don't take it too seriously. And I look forward to seeing all of you guys there, inshallah. So let's jump into the podcast. How do you create your courtship code? A courtship code is basically what I like to describe as a code of conduct, right? It is for you. It's not about the other person. It's not about um, what you think they should do differently or even some of your expectations of the other person. Your your courtship code is really about your expectations for yourself. So if you don't have like a real clear vision of your values or or how you want to move in this process of courtship, if you're kind of just winging it or doing things case by case, which to some extent you will do and will have to do, Um, then that means that you really don't have any code of conduct. And the problem with having no code of conduct is the fact that that leaves you open to making a lot of choices that goes against what might be your personal values or goes against your actual goal intention. So you have to be clear on where you want to go, how you want to do it, what your values are, and actually feel confident enough to uphold those. So many times we see men and women um, totally toss out their personal values or toss out their expectations for how things should go um, because they're infatuated with someone, because they, uh, you know, they, they're really attracted or excited at the the thought of getting married or the thought of being with that person that they totally let 
everything just go all out the window. So we're going to chat it up uh, very briefly and talk about how to create your course, your code and what that should look like for you. Now, first, before we jump into any of that, I want you to understand the four phases of a relationship cycle or the four phases of developing a relationship. Now, <clears throat> these are pretty standard across the board when it comes to like the relationship industry or, um, you know, any counseling or anything pertaining to couples or relationships and love. But I did want to tweak it just a little bit for the Muslim community because the Muslim community tends to move a little bit faster than the community at large. So on most of these where let's say it's three to six months, I would taper off probably about one to two months, depending on the couple, depending on the people and how they're going about things. So I'll definitely uh, mention those adjustments and what that might look like for Muslims, but I just want to break this down for you. So basically there are four major cycles of dating or courtship, um, or building a relationship with someone that people on average experience within the first year. So that first, the, the first phase, right, happens between zero to three months. Now for Muslims, I might argue that that's about zero to two months, but let's just say anywhere between zero to three months, zero to two months. Okay. Now this is what most people would consider to be the infatuation stage. So this is when oxytocin levels are really high. You know, you are just butterflies and super excited about seeing this person or the idea of being with this person. Everything's all googly eyed and you are just head over heels, right? Now the infatuation stage is a beautiful, beautiful stage to be in because if you are in that phase of the relationship, then that means that there's actual potential for love to grow. Now, if you have been talking to someone uh, up to three months or even up to two months, honestly, with Muslims, um, and you don't feel anything towards that person, you don't um, have a, a desire for them, whether that's romantic desire or sexual desire or nothing about that person makes you feel strongly attracted to them, it's not very likely that that's going to grow. Can it grow later? Of course it can, right? Anything can happen, especially with praise and intention. But on average, most people, they have really strong heightened feelings for someone in the first couple of months of meeting them. And that is where that love bond starts to grow. So what's to keep in consideration is that if you decide to marry someone in the first two to three months of meeting them, that you really are still in an infatuation phase. Now, can you meet someone in that phase and marry them and live happily ever after? You absolutely can. I do not believe personally that time matters. I know some people will you know, feel as though, oh, you should court for this long or you should court for that long. I personally am not going to say what anyone should do when it comes to a time period because every situation is different. Every person... Um, you know, goes about it differently and people have different success rates. There's no golden rule for success when it comes to marriage, according to the length of courtship. But what I will say is that it's more important to know how to utilize that time period 
that you are actually courting. So if you are courting someone for two months and you want to go ahead and get married, you can do that. And that can absolutely work and turn into a long lasting marriage, but make sure that you are utilizing those two months successfully, which means that you are asking the right questions. You are, uh, you know, involving third parties that you are really keeping yourself focused and being intentional with those interactions so that you can go ahead and make the best decision for you because you really are still infatuated with the person during those first few months. Now, once you move past the two to three month phase, the second phase that you're going to be going into is the quirks, right? The quirks, the fights, and the habits. Now, Here's what's really interesting about this phase. So between three to six months on average, I'll say for Muslims about mm, two to five months, right? From about two to five months or two to four months even in some cases, what you'll see a lot of times in either Muslim couples that are already married by this time period, or maybe they married during the infatuation phase and now they're moving into the quirks and habits phase or the power struggle phase as some people like to call it. Um, or if they're still courting, like you've been courting this person and now you're on month four, month five with this person, right? What happens a lot of times is this is where a lot of arguments tend to happen. So this is when people usually start to have more conflict. They start to um, notice, you know, inconsistencies in people's behaviors, um, inconsistencies sometimes in people's stories. This is when they start to pick up on, oh, okay, so this person isn't as perfect or as ideal as I thought they were in that early phase when I first met them. So in some cases, in a lot of cases, I would actually say if you pay very close attention to trends of courtship or trends of marriages, sometimes, unfortunately, this is where a lot of couples start to get weak. Uh, a lot of times with courtships, people can't make it past, you know, the four month phase. They can't make it past three, three to six months. Um, a lot of times that's when people fall off or they'll start breaking up or deciding it does, it's not going to work because of fights, because of noticing other, uh, you know, bad habits that people might have or inconsistencies. And that's usually where a lot of things split. Sometimes if people get married really early and then once they hit that phase of the three to six month phase, that's when, you know, they start talking about divorce and things like that very, very quickly in, and early in the marriage because they've hit the phase of noticing someone's flaws. And it's also the phase of power struggles where people are trying to figure out who's going to lead, who's going to do this, who's going to do that. I'm not going to give in. I'm not going to let this person think I'm weak. I'm not going to listen, whatever it is, right? So you have to be mindful of that phase as you're developing your courtship code. Are you comfortable, you know, marrying someone in that phase? Do you want to wait until you surpass that phase? You know, if you're someone who you're perfectly comfortable with marrying during the infatuation phase, then you have to be really mindful when you are in that power struggle phase that that's something that you're going to go through and you're going to go through it while married to that person. So you're going to learn all their bad habits and all their quirks while married and you're already committed. So you're going to have to maybe get counseling or do something else that's going to help you navigate that um, phase differently because you're already committed. And if you're not committed and you want to wait until after you surpass that phase with someone, then you really have to exercise patience and be open-minded and work on your communication. Now, the next phase after that, if you make it past <laughs> those 
two to four months, those three to five months, anywhere before the six month time period. Now, if you make it past that phase, um, then you move into the phase of acceptance. So usually between five to five, six months, you know, all the way up to eight or nine months, that's usually where people move to the point of acceptance. Now, whether you're already married or if you're still courting, this is where you kind of just learn, like, this is just who this person is. I'm just going to have to accept it and deal with it. And you both get to learn to accept each other's flaws. So that's a really beautiful phase to be in because it, it is really that form of commitment. That's really when commitment starts to form between you two and you are able to um, really work on that bond, right? Because you're really seeing each other for who the other person is and not this infatuation. You've moved past the quirks and the habits and you're becoming more accepting of one another. Now, this is actually a great time period to commit um, in my personal opinion, because you've already passed those first two phases, you know that it's more than infatuation. You know some of this person's flaws and habits, and you've already made the decision to deal with them and to live with them. So you're really walking into the relationship with an open mind and an open heart, but also with clarity, intention, and focus, and you're not kind of fiddling around in the dark. Now, as I said earlier, I perfectly encourage you to marry earlier than that. But if you marry earlier than that, you have to be mindful that you're still going to go through these phases and you have to be able to bear with them. You cannot just ask for a divorce. You can't just want to up and leave because you've already committed before committing to these, before going through these phases. Now, typically the last phase is actual commitment. So that happens between nine months to a year. Now, for some couples, they might want to wait a year or wait nine months to actually commit to marriage. Other people, they marry earlier. It's fine either way. But the actual commitment to one another is fully formed or begins to be fully formed at that nine to 12 month mark. So if you, whether you marry early or if you're still in the courtship phase, by the time you get to nine months to a year, that's when you're going to feel more committed to that person. That's when you're going to see things more clearly and comfortably to, in order to move forward. So those are the four major phases of relationships. So what does that mean when it comes to developing your courtship code? Well, what that means is that you need to be able to be really clear on your values during that time period, especially during the infatuation phase and knowing what you want. So if you're not clear on your values, right? What are your values, your core values? You wanna know what are the things that keep you grounded? What are the things that keep you motivated? What's the direction of life that you wanna go in? And does this person match that? Does this person share those values with you? Do they care about the same things you care about in life? Are they headed in the same places that you're headed in life? Um, what do you want and what do they want? Just be really clear on that. Make sure that you constantly have communication around those topics so that you are clear. You know, if you wanna do premarital counseling or have third party involvement, which I absolutely support and I absolutely encourage for you to do, do that so that you are clear about that direction, what you're going into. And so you also have accountability partners to hold you accountable for your actions. The next thing that I would advise you to do while creating your courtship code, and you can write this down, um, you can write down, you know, when it comes to being clear what you want in your values, you can write that down too. you know, write down a sentence or two on a piece of paper. This is what I want. You know, I want to be married within 
you know, six to nine months of knowing someone. I want someone like this or who shares these values. I want my relationship to be, you know, um, very spiritual. I want it to be grounded. I want it to, to, to be free of haram, you know, all that type of stuff. Just jot down some things to, so that you are clear on what you want and clear on the values that you want to uphold while courting. Then the second thing I want you to do is actually set the intention. Ooh, I love the word intention. Intention is probably one of my favorite words in the last year because being intentional and understanding uh, the, the importance of your intentions is so, so, so important to get success in whatever area that is in life. You have to be intentional. And a lot of times people are communicating without intention. They're meeting up or linking up without intention. They are just going about courtship as wanderers or travelers, and they're not going about it in a way that's going to actually get them to a destination. So make sure that you are setting the intention with your courtship code. You know, what is it that you want to accomplish? When do you want to accomplish it? And no, it might not be hard rules, right? You might meet someone who you're comfortable courting for six to nine months um, before getting married. They are comfortable doing it within three to six months. Okay, so what's that compromise? The compromise would be six months, right? By six months, you guys should know what you want and be ready to get married. So what are you going to do? in that time period in order to stay on the right track in order to hit progress marks so that you were actually moving towards marriage um be clear about that communicate about that don't be afraid to to ask someone you know what does what does that process look like for you and if they're not willing to discuss it or they're not sure then ask them to really think about that and to communicate with that. And if they can't give you a real answer, then they're probably not serious or probably not ready for it. So you want someone, especially if you're a woman, you know, you want a man who has an idea of where he's taking you on this journey. If he doesn't know, or if he's unsure, even if you're a man and a woman's like, oh, you know, let's just see where things go. I don't know. You, you don't want that because that's not being intentional. You really want to be clear on what it is that you want. And, and be willing to have conversations around that and do periodical check-ins, but know what that phase looks like for you. If it's six months for you too, you know, that's fine. If, if it's six months for you, one person, nine months with another person, three months with another person, that's relatively okay too. But really you want to have your guidelines. Like you want to know or have a set, set establishment, you know, for me, I need to know someone for this time period, whatever that is, you know, but you, you need to have that already established so that you can actually have a code of conduct and intention to go by. The next thing that I want you to to write down and to take notes on is setting your boundaries, setting your personal boundaries. Now those boundaries aren't for another person. Those boundaries are for you. And when you're setting boundaries, it's not so much about, uh, I need to ask these questions or I need to this person needs to do that, or this person needs to do this. You need to be focused on yourself. Most of the time when you ask people, you know, what have they learned from their past marriages or their past courtships or their past relationships, they always turn the situation into either a blame blame game or they focus on the other person. You know, uh, I know next time, you know, not to marry someone, 
you know, in two months or not to marry someone, you know, that lives far or not to, and, and it's not even about those things, right? It's about your actions in those two months. It's about your actions from long distance. It's about how you went about things. So as you're writing down, I want you to list about 10 to 15 things that you need to do differently, that you need to change about your own actions, your own thoughts, your own patterns around courtship or marriage. Really take inventory on the last few years of your life or however long if you're newly divorced um, or if you've never been in a relationship, but really, but you've only courted people, just really take, take inventory on that. I want you to take inventory on how you went about meeting your last spouse. What things did you do that you liked? What things didn't you do? Um, what boundaries were not in place? What patterns do you or don't you have when it comes to courtship or relationships? And I'm going to name a few in a second just to give you some examples. But I want you to pay attention to your own patterns. Know what your process looks like and evaluate your actions around setting boundaries. Again, it's really important for you to know what patterns you have. It's not about the other person. So let's say you have a bad habit of not involving a third party. I, I highly, highly recommend that for clarity. You know, in whatever capacity that third party looks like, it could be their family, it could be your friends, it could be a Wakil, it could be marriage counseling, whatever that other party is, you need other insight. Don't go about things just about you and that other person. If anyone is trying to isolate you or someone doesn't feel comfortable having others involved, then you should really question that and raise an eyebrow because marriage is a unity of family, it's a unity of community. It's not just about you and that individual. So if someone has a very individualistic mindset during courtship or very individualistic mindset about moving forward, how are they going to manifest that in the marriage? You need to really think about that. Um, let's say you have a habit of um, spending alone time with someone, right? You have a bad habit of spending alone time with someone. You need to reevaluate that. Maybe that's something that you want to change moving forward. Maybe you know that uh, you have a tendency to slip into certain behaviors or certain actions when you are on the phone late or on video or whatever it is, right? Change your actions around it. Only you and Allah knows what your struggles are, right? No one else may not know what your struggles are. That's between you and Allah. So you need to have a conversation with yourself and really meditate on that. Like you might want to sit down for about five or 10 minutes and really just breathe and think about the last few situations that you've been in and what do they all have in common? Because you are the common denominator. So what things do you need to, to change? Maybe you need to practice uh, patience, right? Maybe you need to stop rushing the whole process of marriage or putting a lot of pressure on it. And instead of focusing on trying to hurry up and get married, focus on how are you going to make the best decision for marriage? How are you going to utilize that time of getting to know someone so that you feel confident that this is the right person for you? Um, maybe you are courting long distance and you have a habit of not traveling to meet the person, or maybe you have a habit of traveling alone and not having um, companionship to, to kind of keep you accountable. Whatever that may look like for you, what actions are you going to change for yourself to do things differently? I have a few other things written down. Maybe for you, 
um, is setting boundaries around communication. Maybe you overly communicate. Maybe you spend too much time talking to someone on the phone or texting or videoing or meeting up with them in person and you become really, um, I don't want to say obsessed, but you just, you just become really, um, encompassed in the relationship, in the courtship. And you kind of forget about all your other priorities and forget about everything else, even forgetting about a law in that process of getting to know someone. So what are you going to do differently? How can you create space? How can you maintain control over yourself so that you're not getting lost in the relationship or lost in the marriage um, before there's any true commitment established between you two? Um, how can you, you make sure that you are putting up boundaries so that you are remaining confident and not feeling like you need to chase this person into validating you or making you feel good? Um, let's see, what else do we have down here? Ah, uh, sorry, I'm trying to read my bad handwriting. <laughs> but uh, may- maybe, maybe you have some bad habits around... Um, not keeping your options open. Now, I know that's always a sketchy topic because some people don't like to keep their options open when they're getting to know someone and that's perfectly fine. But, but if you're not going to keep your options open while getting to know someone, you do not want to pre-commit before commitment. So, the trick to that is making sure that that person is on the same page as you that you are clearly communicating that you are only talking to them and they are only communicating with you. Make sure that you have third party involvement so that they can be held accountable for how they move with you, whether it's a man or a woman. Make sure that you are actually involving family and friends, you know, that it's not as secretive so that you're not just wasting your time and talking to someone without it being intentional. So make sure that you actually know where that situation is going because you don't want to pre-commit before commitment. And if you're going to only talk to that one person, the only person wants to talk to you, then really ideally you should set some sort of intention. It doesn't mean you have to go get married right away, but it does mean that you are actually taking each other off of the market. Um, And if that person isn't ready to place intentions or you're not ready to place intentions, then there's no real commitment between you two. And you should be mindful of that and decide how you want to do that. Now, if if you're okay with that and the other person's okay, and you're like, you know, you still want to only talk to each other, that's perfectly fine. If you are like, okay, I don't want to cut off my options until you're sure that you are interested in me and you're sure that you want to pursue this in an intentional way, then you have every right to do that too. There is no right or wrong way to go about it, but just make sure that you feel comfortable and that you are not cutting off yourself from the world and committing yourself to someone that hasn't committed to you yet. It hasn't expressed that they are interested in committing to you. They haven't fully expressed. I don't mean just saying, yeah, I want to marry you. I mean, actually putting things in motion and showing you with words and actions that they are ready to move forward. So those are just a couple things that I wanted to share with you. There's so much more, but I think that this is a great start. So as I said, make sure that you write down 10 to 15 things that you want to do differently, actions that you want to take differently so that you can change up your behaviors and your mindset during courtship. Only you know your patterns and your behaviors. 
Only you know about the conversations or the actions that you might take while getting to know someone. So what things do you need to establish? What boundaries do you need to put up for yourself? What things do you need to do differently and focus inwardly? You can't grow if you're always focusing on the outward. Focus on yourself, okay? So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Courtship Code. Inshallah, we'll be back next week uh, and have some other wonderful things to share with you guys. I believe next week we'll be talking about understanding what that other person is looking for. So that'll be a great episode. Uh, Make sure that you guys share this on your social media, that you are following us on Instagram, Black Muslim Single Society, blackmuslimsinglesociety.com for any information pertaining to matchmaking services. Um, And if there's anything else that you guys would like us to, to know, any topics that you would like to discuss, feel free to contact us on the business pages or the website. Send in your feedback, send in your questions or comments, and we'll be sure to get back to you, inshallah, and and hopefully be able to share some great goods with you. You guys have a wonderful week. Assalamualaikum.